Well, it's fancy seeing you here. Who, me? Yeah. Why, why, why do you say that? I mean, if you look at the title of the show, <laughs> which we were incredibly creative with, which is okay. the Freddie and Alyssa show. Where so, have you been? W would you feel it's more the Freddie show these days? I mean, it's always been the Freddie show, but you know. <laughs> it's Freddie's world. We're all just living in it, right? <laughs> that's probably the truest statement ever made. That you've ever heard? Yeah. I, I can kind of get behind on that. I will say, I will say, Alyssa kind of was like way ahead of me in real estate. Like, okay. like you kind of put okay. a stamp in real estate and she was kind of like the queen. And you were heading everything and you were doing right. it. And then here's, here's Freddie chugging along going, please give me some real estate information. <laughs> How do I do the contract? How do I do this? And my wife mentored me. I did. And then as we continue to progress and as we are going, now we're kind of like at a tug of war. I think so. And we're working together on all these on all these I deals. I have to say, I am so proud of you. Y'all, he's been crushing. <laughs> so annoying for anyone listening he was putting the mic closer so you could hear more of all of the praise i'm giving yes yes. but no really i'm so freaking proud of you you've been spearheading so many of these listings and projects that we're working on and you like you really know your stuff now i will say in the past six months um 100 like i could now go on like a I always say if you can comfortably go on a stage in front of 50,000 people and talk about what you're best at and be able to take questions and feel comfortable that's when you're I, would, I don't want to say I'm an expert yet like acting real estate there's always room to grow in the most expert there's so many real estate agents that are just experts but when it comes to the actual like doing the deals understanding every <laughs> aspect of the deal um I know now you know like, everything. I could definitely, and it just feels so good. And that, and that's something too that's led to a lot of happiness. And and I've kind of went through this in that transition yeah. where, like, competency and progression, you start to fall more and more in love when you start to get good at something. Yeah. So I think a lot of people get hung up on their passion where they're like, "Well, I have to love it." And it's like, even if you just kind of like it, but you become competent you start to become prideful. Yeah, like now when the phone rings or I'm talking to a Zillow lead, like I have zero nerves about it because I know, yeah. like before you're just like, oh yeah, you know what? Let me double check on that and I'll get back to you. Yeah. You could answer yeah. like like five out of 10 questions and then you say, oh, let me double check and I'll get back to you. But now it's like nine and a half out of 10 and I'm like. You know it all. Unless it's something interesting, like something new is like a transfer of a solar lease. Yep. I'm like, Oh, okay, let me look that up. You read the contract and you go, oh, it just needs to be an agreement signed. I didn't know off the top of my head, so that's why you're always learning, but little things like that. And you know what else is interesting on that note? With real estate before, we really serviced a broad area, very broad, all of Central Florida, which from time to time, there will always be that exception that we will help out, yes. of course, but we've really niched down to the area that we help um, buy and sell, buyers and sellers. So that's what we're doing right now. We really focus on something we call the Disney Corridor. So it's reunion, Champions Gate, celebration, all of the neighboring towns right around Disney. So it's, it's helpful to be a little bit more confident when you really know your area. I mean, we mm -hmm. know everything about these areas. Well, and we've done massive studying from Google Earth to driving around. I think we've yeah. driven every neighborhood yeah. in the entire th three mile radius. So anytime we go do a showing, we're like, they're like, oh, have you been in this neighborhood? We're like, yep. 
and then we know where everything's at. So we put in that time. But I wrote this down too. What's interesting, especially for everyone on the podcast, I I think a lot of real estate agents do this. When we say that we're niche in this three mile radius, that's what we market. That's where the Zillow leads come in. That's where the money's being spent because we know the three mile radius. But if somebody knows us, a cousin, a friend, one of you lovely people who are coming and like, we want to buy in Tampa, we're going to be there for a week. We have no problem going to Tampa, grabbing lunch, hanging out and finding you a home. Right. But if a stranger's calling you trying to invest in a $1.2 million home in Daytona Beach and they're like, I need to know the exact neighborhoods, I can figure it out, but you're not as, oh, in this area, here's the streets, here's the neighborhoods. So, but yeah, if anyone, like, even if a family member is like, we're going to go buy in Miami this weekend, well, we'll drive down and have a fun weekend. Listen, I know Miami. I grew up in South Florida. Don't play. So it just, it just, it just depends. Um, But uh, I do want to bring up something that's really interesting is the conversation. This is how you always know what pulse is happening in pop culture and politics is from TikTok. And from YouTube and from Instagram, from social media in general. And some of the things that I've been talking about on TikTok lately has really gotten a lot of debate going. Yes. And I have to say, this guy on TikTok has been printing views. I mean, how many in the past week would you say you received? Oh, I don't know. Maybe like six or seven. um, Million? Million views. But I can't be cocky because it's just like you have to continue to perform. Or, so it's like but I'm just basking got, in he's it. He's being humble. He's got New York Times, BuzzFeed, some um, prominent celebrity figures, if you will, that are reaching fig- out. That it's are reaching not a big out deal. And DMing him, he's like, "Oh, look who just DM'd me." I'm it's, like, "It's not a big deal." It you is know? a big deal. It's awesome. But it's there so could be it. some cool little interviews coming up. Um, <laughs> But, but that, okay, tell us about the topics and kind of like what that's been looking like. Well, and this also helps me. And this is where I, what, like what I love about content is I love doing my funny lifestyle stuff because that's who I am as like Freddy off right. the clock. Right. But I felt like I was missing a lot of like business Freddy, professional Freddy online. And I just started making videos about what we were experiencing as a real estate agent, but with society in mind. Like, mm-hmm. like selflessly, instead of being like, well, how can I promote my real estate business? And let me think about this video. Like, it's something I'm passionate about, which I'm hearing when we get calls. There's nothing more frustrating for the buyer and for real estate agents when you get a phone call and it's someone's like, hey, I'm a friend of yours, or hey, I follow you on social media. I'm ready to buy my first house. Can you help me? Where are you buying? Orlando. No kidding. <laughs> well, hey, well, let's get you started with the lender. So you connect them with the lender, they're going over all their things, they're so excited, and then the air gets let out of them because they realize like, oh crap, I cannot afford an average home in Orlando. I thought I could because I'm spending $2,800 on rent, why couldn't I afford $2,300 on a mortgage? But it's that whole process that I've been educating people on of what's going on in the housing market. And then I got into this debate where I didn't mean to pick on boomers, but it just seems so common that the people in the 1980s, the the boomers, when they were our age, they were having a one parent working household most of the time, and they were able to afford three kids in a house on one salary. And then the argument is, well, did people in the 80s make 12,000? Did they make 50,000? And for me, like, I don't know if you remember if you even gave a crap about money or numbers, (laughs) but 
like, of course, people made just $12,000, like, on minimum wage back in the 80s, but I grew up in the 80s. Like, we're not talking about 1912. We're talking about the 80s and 90s, where my friends and their parents, yeah. like, people were making twenty, thirty, forty, fifty thousand dollars $50,000 back then, and you could get houses for 60000 where now the average home in Orlando is 419000 so you have to earn about $120,000 a year in the household without cars, without credit card debts to afford that. And even then you're kind of pressed against the wall. Yeah. So that's kind of the debate that I'm going through, but I'm taking each, each niche topic and trying to share and educate people so they can get prepared. Because if someone's looking to buy a house, what do people do? I want to buy a house, call the lender and they want to buy today. But if you think you're going to buy in a year, Call an agent, call a lender, talk with them and say, what is this going to look like? Because in the next 12 months, you might save an extra $10,000. You might not buy a vehicle until the day after you buy your house. You might pay off a couple credit cards. You might sacrifice that vacation and go, let me get into my house first, then vacation. All of those things line up and over a 12-month preparation period, you're ready. But when you call today, I'm ready to go, and then you learn that, now it's demoralizing because you have to do a year of prep right. to get back to that. Yeah. So I'm just trying to educate the market in the world on what's going on, and I'm not trying to pick fights with different generations. But right. our millennials are working our asses We off. are. I, mean, I saw a video the other day where this gentleman was saying a lot of millennials have side hustles, and not because they love it and it's their passion. It's because they're trying to do anything possible to make money to just keep the lights on and you know pay for your um you know housing so it, it really is interesting to look at that because even looking back to when we lived in california i mean any city you live in it's expensive these days yes period but california was really really crazy i mean we even looked at real estate for a minute before we ended up not staying there and it was so unbelievably pricey <laughs> outrageous but i mean we were looking at what like maybe a two-bedroom condo and it was in a pretty outrageous price range for yeah a two-bedroom condo you're just kind of like well yeah i mean it's to, to to simplify basically what we've been talking about is I, I, I stopped arguing about like the 1980s and 1990s and i go we don't need to look further than before the pandemic because yeah. when me and Alyssa were moving to Florida and we wrote down, do we Airbnb, do we rent an apartment, or do we just buy a home? So we were looking at rent prices. We were looking at home prices. We know what houses costs cost, and you can look this up on Zillow and stuff too. We knew what, what things cost in, in Florida at uh, in 2020. And as an example, the one in Patriot's Landing. Three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in twenty twenty. We saw a house. We loved it. You know how we talk about reunion nonstop. There was a home in a unique portion of reunion. So it wasn't the biggest estates or anything like that. It's just this cute little home in this like pastel um, neighborhood called Probably Patriots Landing. Three hundred and twenty thousand dollars was the cost of the home. But here's where the big misconception happens that three hundred twenty thousand dollar home now went up to 550 oh, which it's, is it's more than that i looked yesterday i know i i, I but i'm just trying to give them an idea the low i don't want to ask i just wanted to make it simple but yeah you could probably do like 625 for it but let's say 550 just to make it a little more fair for the argument 
But the biggest difference is that if we bought that house in 2020 at a two and a half percent interest rate, the payment would have only been $2,300 a month. So we'd be living in this $320,000 home, two and a half percent interest rate over 30 years for just $2,200 uh, a month. And you would have to prove that you make $80,000 a year to afford that loan. Mm -hmm. That same house today, if we said, you know what, we love it, let's buy it. It's 550, the same house. And it's a 7% interest rate. So now it would be $3,800 a month over a 30-year loan. And you would have to prove that you make $130,000 a year to afford that. And that's without car payments and without credit cards. And this is the or part of the video loans. or student loans. And this is the part of the video that I did not know off the top of my head, but I wanted to research it. Over the course of the 30 years, the Freddie in 2020, if we bought that home for 320 we would have ended up paying $146,000 in interest over the 30-year mm -hmm. period, mm -hmm. which is $466,000. So over 30 years, we would have spent $466,000 on that home. And God knows what it'll be worth in 30 years. If we bought that home today, it would be $789,000 in interest over the course wow. of 30 years, which would be $1.33 million for that home in 30 years. So what we could have paid in 2020 would have cost us mm. 466 over 30 years, and now the same house is 1.3 over 30 years. Wow. So we don't need to go back to the 80s and argue who had it worse. This was pre-pandemic yeah. just three years ago. Wow. So that wow. is why we're seeing in the market where millennials are like, how do we get a starter home? And that's just housing. That's not even groceries. Last thing I'll say. Today's sponsor is Easy Canvas Prints. Elevate your home or office decor with Easy Canvas Prints. Look at this, look at this couple here. On our, on our wedding day, 2020, December 31st, 2020, uh, when I married the love of my life, we wanted this memory to have in our home. We were debating on putting it in the podcast studio. It kind of goes with the color scheme or we might have it in the living room, but we're still kind of deciding where we would like it. But Easy Canvas Prints, it's awesome. You just upload anything you want from your camera roll. You can make it custom, wood frame, metallic frame. It's great for gifts, for memories, anniversary. Uh, but you, yeah, you can send it as a gift. So all you have to do is visit the website. So don't wait to elevate your home or office decor with custom canvas print today. Visit easycanvasprints.com slash F&A for a special offer for our listeners. Get unlimited 16 by 20 canvas prints for only $19.99 each. Again, that's easycanvasprints.com slash F&A. Now back to the show. I'm so excited to make this new video. Someone doesn't believe that we spend $1,200 a month on groceries. They're like, what the hell do they buy? I'm like, how do you not, like, what do you all spend on groceries? How do you not spend $1,000 these days? I mean, prices are insane. I'll go to Publix, our local grocery store, and you go in for five things and you rack up $100 easy. Easy. I mean... Pricing is inflation is really bad right now, and I I just don't know. And maybe it's a generational thing, but I just don't know how millennials and even this newer generation generation Gen Z is going to ever get ahead. I mean, the I I believe the only solution if you're lucky enough to have a parent that will pay a down payment or co-sign for you, but that can also get kind of sticky. Um, if that's not an option, then you either have and obviously oh, well, there's a lot of people a lot of kids are staying with their parents longer and yeah. saving money for a down payment to do that i think that's... gen z 
they have a shot at figuring this yes, out because agreed. if you're 19 or 20 and you're single and you're still a kid and you're still at home, that's not a big deal. That's not taboo like it was for Gen X or millennials mm -hmm. to stay with their parents. Mm -hmm. If you lived at your parents at 25, you were like considered a loser. Nowadays, Gen Z, it's like, it's oh, you be there till 30. That's the new norm. At least 26. I think that's the healthcare where they kick you out. But if you are... <laughs> staying at home, working a job and saving money, you could buy yourself a home or at least have investment so that you can then go out with roommates at 25, mm -hmm. three of you, and have low cost and save all your money to invest in businesses or invest in yourself. The generation that got pinched was the millennials. Yeah. We're too old to live with mom and dad, and we're also too old to go split an apartment. Yeah. Like imagine you and I going, well, let's go rent a house and split it with two other married couples. <laughs> Like we're the, the millennials got pinched, yeah. so the Gen Z might be young enough to still save. I think they're going to be okay. But my solution for millennials, and some people don't like to hear this, but this is what we're doing. I'm just speaking out for millennials. Um, we have to make more money. We have to build skill sets that pay us more yeah, money. Yeah, of course. But that's why people have one, two, sometimes three jobs. Yeah. Just, just to get in. But in the in the downtime, it's like, what skill sets can we continue to build that will pay us more so that we can get out of it? And then our plan is like, you know, I know financially people say never pay your house off. But with the business that we're in, there's a part of me that's like, I just want to, like every commission check we make, I just want to pay the house off. I know that's, I should be investing in other properties, but for security reasons, I would just love to have everything paid off yeah. so we have no debt to anyone and our bills are then just like 3000 a month. And then you can start investing. But if, if anything ever happened, you only have to come up with 3000 not 8000 or something crazy. Right. So I think keeping the overhead low gives Absolutely. us opportunity. Yeah. It's just different. And I feel with our generation too, we are in a unique time because there are so many new opportunities like even think about content creation because of social media the internet now one of the highest paid gigs is being an editor or creating content Ooh, yeah. you know so think about ai all of the technology and all of that that's going on i mean there's so many job opportunities and so many skill sets that you can learn that it was very different back in mm -hmm. the day you know even in the boomer generation it was very different you followed a traditional path go to school get a good job, you stay there for 40 years, but that just isn't really how it works anymore. <laughs> no. Unfortunately. Well, and you could get college for like seven grand. Yeah. You yeah. know, and, and like we said, things were cheaper. Um, but I here, here's where I do believe the comments. The best data you get is when you read mm -hmm. comments because yeah. it's in real time. Like even if you go on the streets, people are like, what are you asking me? What's this on camera? The most truest pulse of the country is in comments. Yeah. And if you make content or read content and read the comments, people are, you all know this, people are not shying away from their feelings in the comments no, section. This not. is the true representation. So you will get millennials like how we would be where they're just saying like, I'm a millennial, I bought two houses, you need to invest, you need to get off your ass. And I go, I get that. For that type of type A yeah. person who's an entrepreneur, doesn't matter the circumstance, they're gonna figure it out and build. But you can't also discredit, like why is working like as a mailman or working as a waste management or truck driver, like that is the American dream. What we grew up in the yeah. 80s and 90s, 
like like one person should be able to stay home and raise the kids or if they wanted to be a teacher and someone wanted to be a police officer those incomes should allow the average american to buy groceries take a one year like a vacation once a year yeah. buy new shoes have a nice christmas be able to do things for their house buy go out to dinner own their home well like, you know what that I'm seeing is now we're speaking to is that i guess childcare is so expensive that a lot of moms go you know what i just I, I need to just stay home instead of pay work to pay for childcare that's so expensive. The mom's yes. just going, you know what, I'll stay home. So, you know, there are all these different challenges that I feel like the world's facing right now, but everyone's just doing their best. But we need to get this inflation under, <laughs> like, fixed immediately because it, it's only getting worse. Every, every, every industry, even my hair guy was telling me that the colors that they're purchasing now, they're, it's just so high that they had to raise their prices. Every industry is facing this, so... Here's the one thing I haven't figured out. People will say, well, if I have to, if, if we are paying employees more, then it's passed on to the customer. And that makes sense. If you pay a McDonald's worker $20 an hour instead of when I work there, $5 an hour when a Big Mac was three bucks, now it's nine. But why is it only relevant now? Yeah. Like, wasn't, weren't they always raising prices? Like, why all of a sudden, if, if you raise the price of, the hair dye now the service becomes more expensive yeah but like yeah. but how come that wasn't happening at rapid speed over the past 40 years yeah like people because people could actually live where now it's just like oh we'll pay 15 dollars an hour but now our burgers are higher well we'll pay 20 now now our burgers are higher now all of a sudden we're going and getting a burger from red robin it's 18 dollars <laughs> like what the heck all right i've got my dinner and blanc call okay I you go do, do that um real quick well, we'll 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 wrap up. Um, how, I don't know how long we've been going. I think it's been like twenty minutes, maybe. I have this call. I don't know if you guys remember, but we're doing dinner and blanc year two for me, and we finally found a venue. But it's top secret, so yeah. Top secret. Well, you go do that. Okay, I'm gonna cool. sign off. All right. And love you guys so very much. Can and... you even squeeze by? <laughs> I don't know. Let's see. All right, everyone. I think well, I wore cute pants today. You did wear cute pants. Let's see if you can shimmy by. Got it. But um. But anyway, I, I think that's just a really interesting conversation. I'm going to continue to do some research and try to figure out how to, to how to help people, how to have the narrative out there of what can we do. Excuse me. Um, you know, is it on a policy level? Uh, without getting into politics, of course. But you know, what what is it that we all have to do? But I think at the end of the day, no matter the struggles that we're going through. It's like what I go through on a daily basis is thinking to myself, like I just need to make sure I'm doing the right things, making sacrifices and continuing to work hard and making good financial decisions. And that is working longer hours right now, but not forever. It's like put a plan together where you go, all right, I'm gonna work three jobs. I'm gonna sacrifice everything for one year, two years, three years, then get yourself out of that mess. Is it credit card debt? Is it a bad living situation? Is it a bad job? Or do you need to pay off a house or need to do something? So it's like, instead of looking at it like back in the day, oh, we're gonna chip away for 30 years or 40 years. I think our generation's more like, well, how can we sacrifice for three months, a year, two years, and just get out of the mud so that we can actually rest and explore and enjoy the conveniences. That's another thing too that's much different than the 80s. Back in the 80s, there wasn't as many channels. There definitely wasn't the streaming services. There wasn't the internet. There wasn't any of these conveniences from Uber to Uber Eats to um, Netflix and Amazon and all of these luxuries. And yes, you don't have to spend money on Amazon. You don't need Netflix. You don't, I, I mean, you need a cell phone. You need internet. 
These are two things that people in the 80s didn't have to pay for. So there's just all these shifts happening, but we have such a beautiful world that we've built. There's obviously problems, but in general, like it is flourishing. And if we can get our money right, you can participate in all the goods. And I know the counter argument is that, well, we shouldn't have to work three jobs just to have the human basic rights of like shelter, food, and water, and healthcare, and education. And that is the debate. But I think there's a way that it can be balanced. So maybe this is a narrative that eventually needs to shift at a policy level, at a political level, but everyone's so divided and I don't see us coming together, sadly, um, in the next four to five years, regardless of how the next election goes. Um, I don't think people are going to come together. I think we're going to kind of still be divided, but maybe there'll be hope after that that someone can come in and 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 heal and, and and bring people together. I don't know. I hope it doesn't get more and more divided. I hope we can find a way to come together. Um, but in the next five years, we can all sit around and complain, or in these next five years, we can take control of our lives and say, look, I need to do what I need to do to get better. I need to take control of my own life because regardless of who's in office, I'm responsible to take care of all this stuff. And then let's hope that in the future, there's somebody who can come in and can bring us all together. Because regardless of what side you're on, there are going to be policies over the next four years that are going to help people. People are Things are going to be fixed in certain areas. It depends on who's elected. But I'm talking about the overall narrative of the country, of how can we bring us together? How can we stop being divided as Democrats and Republicans? Or how? And I feel like we're not even divided by Democrat and Republican anymore. I think we're more divided on you either believe the mainstream media or you think the mainstream media is all propaganda and narrative pushing. So anything you want to talk about, it's kind of already been decided. It's not even about the main topics like the border or um, parental rights or anything like that. It just seems like whatever the mainstream media is talking about is true and one group believes that and whatever the mainstream media is talking about is false and propaganda. So we don't believe that. And that's just basically the two parties. So if you bring up a controversial figure, um, you're going to place it on one side based on how the media portrayed it. So I don't even think that we're, because anytime I talk to someone who has a different political belief than me, we agree in the middle on pretty much everything. Like even some of the, the biggest issues, people aren't like so like, rah, 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 but we are so rah, 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 based on the news is real and the news is fake. That is the divide we have in the country. So that needs to change so that people can, we can all agree on healthy debates and that's all I really would love. I would love to be able to turn on the news and even back during the pandemic, imagine just seeing someone going, we need to wear masks. I'm a Harvard educated doctor for 40 years. And then right next to him was another Harvard educated doctor for 40 years saying, we don't need masks. Like, why isn't that on the news? Like, why do we hand pick who we can listen to? If you talk about a major issue in the world, why can't you have party A and party B both talking about it? Why is it only one party and you never hear from the other side? I just don't understand if you genuinely wanted to bring people together and have truthful debates, d debates and, and have people come together, you need a debate of person A and person B sharing their experience in this world. And it just isn't like that. So all you're hearing is one narrative or you're ignoring one narrative. And I think that's kind of where we are. So that is the overall arcing thing that's dividing us. I don't think it's actually 
micro policies. I think that's what's going to help. And that is also on a different you know level, but inflation is included in that discussion to bring it all back to that. So we all just got to kind of hold on and go on a ride for the next, you know, five years. And we got to, we got to hope regardless of who's elected that they do a great job and that they can help the everyday American and our neighbors and our friends and family. And, um, and then we have to take care of it ourselves as well. So, so we'll see what happens, but, um, but yeah, uh, thank you all for for stopping in. I really appreciate you. Um, if you have any questions or comments, please write them down below. Uh, it'll be a great way for us to know, again, the pulse of all of our listeners of what is interesting to you, what you'd like to hear, opinions on what we are talking about so we can dig in deeper and further on the next podcast. So I'm wishing you all the best week ever, and I can't wait to see you next Wednesday. Take care, everyone.